Hear these words from the Gospel according to Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered, it, answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Several weeks ago when our children sang, I noticed your smiles and your encouraging looks, and I said if you did that during the sermon, you might hear better sermons. (laughs) It was wonderful to watch Stan, Fran, and Bob watch Sue Young play the offertory. I mean, they they were laser-focused right in on Sue Young and that wonderful blessing that she gifted us with as we worshiped together. My great-grandmother, Annie L. Hoffman, was one of my favorite human beings. This year, in November, she would have been 150 years old. She died just a couple of years after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. One of my treasures is in in one of our windows in our home, we have stained glass, a stained glass that was the transom window of her house that she built in southwestern Kansas. She lived in the basement of my grandmother Hampton's home, and I spent many afternoons down there uh, keeping her company, uh, doing homework, I don't think I've told you about the time I lit a firecracker down there during the 4th of July. That's, a, that's another story. I'm just telling you I'm lucky to have lived to tell the story. But I enjoyed that incredible woman who raised three daughters by herself on the plains of Kansas after her husband's early death. She'd been a teacher probably 130 years ago, and another one of my prized possessions is the bell. That's a great bell, isn't it? It's not a cheap one. It it still has her her ink smears on it from when she taught school and called children uh, to come in from recess or it was time for school to start. And she also kept it in her basement, uh, the basement where she lived. And when she would ring it, my grandmother Hampton would say, oh, Lane, go see what Grandma Hoffman wants. One of Grandma Hoffman's favorite words was commence. Lane, it's, it's about time for school to commence, isn't it? It's commencing to rain. No, what did she mean? Well, of course she meant it's about time for school to begin. Or it's beginning to rain. But as I grew older, I heard adults talk about commencement exercises at school. And I thought, well, that's at the beginning of school. Well, no, it's not. It's at the end of school, isn't it? To a young boy, that was pretty confusing. The dictionary provides two, de- uh, two definitions. Uh, one is an act, instance, or time of beginning. But then also the ceremonies or the day for conferring degrees or diplomas at the end 
of the school year. So it's beginning and, and ending, isn't it? Life's like that. We have to say goodbye to 2016 before we say hello to 2017. Uh, when we got ready to come to McLean, Virginia, our, our, the neighbors in our little cul-de-sac had a going-away party. We had to say goodbye to them before we could say hello to you. Life is filled with that, isn't it? Baptism is that. It's saying goodbye, but it's also saying hello. It's ending and it's beginning all in one event. Yes, baptism is a commencement exercise. Look at Jesus' baptism. For him, it was the commencement of his ministry on earth. Because you remember immediately after that, what happened? He was tempted and then began his ministry. His baptism was an affirmation of human life lived, as Andreas said so well, under the direction of God. Several years ago, Hank Aaron uh, went to check into a hotel. Uh, for those of you who aren't culturally aware, he broke Babe Ruth's home run uh, record, was the first to do that. The young clerk didn't recognize him and said, I'm sorry, sir, but there are no rooms available. We're full. Well, the manager was standing nearby and rushed to try to fix it and said, don't you know who this is? This is Hank Aaron. He's the one who broke Babe Ruth's home run record. Oh, Mr. Aaron, I'm so sorry. I couldn't, can't believe we've done this. We'll just switch some things around. Why didn't you tell me you were somebody important? Hank Aaron said, son, isn't everybody important? At his baptism, Jesus proclaimed that every human being is someone special. Lane Smith, your loved child of God. In his baptism, Jesus came to stand with us as friend and say to us, you're valuable, you have worth. It's good to have somebody to stand with you, isn't it? I'll never forget Monday night, October 14th, 1985. It's when the Washington Madison Baptist Association decided to withdraw fellowship. My word is to throw us out. Because we maintained as a church that the Bible affirms that God calls persons to service regardless of their gender. I spoke at the annual meeting that evening, pleading with the association not to make this a matter of test of fellowship. I claimed that we could disagree on this matter and still be brothers and sisters in Christ and we could still work together. But speaker after speaker got up to make accusations against our church, accusing us of not believing and following the Bible. They said what I consider to be some pretty mean and unkind things and no one, no one except for me spoke on our behalf. Pretty lonely feeling. But finally, from the back of the room, a man stood, came to the front, spoke forcefully and intelligently supporting us. The only one in a group of more than 200 that night who was willing to publicly identify himself as a friend 
he was the Baptist Student Union director at the University of Arkansas, who depended on all of those churches to provide meals and provide financial support for the BSU. My appreciation, respect, and love for Jamie L. Jones, Jr. grew immensely that night. And guess what? If Jamie had lived today, January 8th would have been his 94th birthday. How good it felt. How special it was. What strength was there in having a friend. Even one friend to stand with us. Jesus came and in his baptism, he commenced his ministry of standing with us and for us and claimed us as friend, saying, you are not alone. I'm here with you. It's good to have a friend. But that's not all. In our baptism, we proclaim that we are a friend of Jesus. We say to the world that we have come to stand by Him and claim Him as our friend. We say that we are commencing, we are beginning a new friendship. It's a public declaration that we are a friend of Jesus, that we have chosen, that we have made a personal and conscious decision to follow Him. As James Dunn, the former executive director of the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Liberty, used to say, every tub has to sit on its own bottom, which is another way of saying mom and dad's faith are not adequate for us. I don't know how many times I've gotten on an airplane or been sitting, to, well, what do you do? You know, there's that dreaded question. And I say, well, I'm a minister. And then I can see him, cha-ching, have I said something bad? Have I sworn, you know? All of that. And inevitably, it will be, well, my grandfather was a deacon in the Baptist church. Or, or my, my uncle on my mother's side was, was a Methodist preacher. As if that does any good. <laughs> it's not enough that grandpa was a deacon. According to Scripture, each of us must work out our own salvation in fear and trembling. And in our baptism, we proclaim that we will stand by the one who has come and stood by us. But finally, in our baptism, we pledge to act like our new friend, Jesus. That's where it gets difficult, right? It's the other kind of commencement. It's a commencement exercise it's proclaiming the end of our old way of living and proclaiming a new way that we are following Jesus, following Him, living like Him. Frederick Buechner says, Going under, being baptized symbolizes the end of everything about your life that is less than human. Coming up again symbolizes the beginning or commencement in you of something strange and new and hopeful. You can breathe again. There's a new kind of life, a new kind of life in baptism. We commence to make a new kind of life that makes a difference, the kind of life that is truly human. It always bothers me when someone explains their failure, their wrongdoing, their sin, or whatever it is by saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm only human. 
No, you're not. No, you're not. You're less than human because God created you to be human. Being human is good. Being human is what God created you to be. And anytime you fall short of that, you are less than human. When we come up from the waters of baptism again, we have new life. We can live a new life. We are proclaiming to the world that we're living a new life, a different life, a hopeful life, a holy life. We identify with Him and now we're called to live like Him. Clayton. Clayton was excited about his fifth birthday party. His mother said, well, what kind of party do you want, Clayton? I want everybody to be a king or queen, he said. So Clayton and mom went to work fashioning a score of silver cardboard crowns wrapped in aluminum foil and purple crepe paper robes. And oh yes, they painted sticks gold so everybody would have a scepter. The day arrived, the party was quite a sight. All kings and all queens, they're the only ones who attended that day. Everyone had a wonderful time. They ate ice cream and cake and then they had a wonderful procession up the block and back again. It was a wonderful royal kind of day. That evening, as Clayton's mom tucked him in bed, she asked, what did you, what'd you wish, Clayton? When you blew out your candles, you can tell me. I wish that everyone in the world could be a king or a queen, not just on my birthday, but every day. The good news is that baptism shows that something very much like that happened. It happened one day at a place called Calvary. We who were nobodies became somebodies. The wretched of the earth became royalty. It all began when Jesus commenced his ministry by entering the waters of baptism. In our baptism, we acknowledge that God in Christ is our friend, that he came and identified as one of us, and that we pledged to live like him and to follow him. Do you remember your baptism? If the truth be known, baptism is the only ordination that anyone needs. Every time I baptize someone, I offer them a blessing and then I shake their hands, their hand, and say, Welcome to the ministry of Jesus Christ. Go and serve the Lord. Baptism is all the ordination that anyone needs. It's an ordination to life, to ministry. Those of us who have entered the waters of baptism are ordained to the ministry in the church of Jesus Christ. We are ordained to service. And if we remember our baptism in the appropriate way, then our commitments will be what they should be. And we will identify with our friend Jesus in strong, intangible ways, in the living and the giving of our lives. May it be so, O oh God. May it be so.
Amen.